Stardate 0210.2022. Welcome back to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I am your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia. With me on the view screen are Mariah Gossett, Clyde Haynes. Everybody, we have missed you like a Cardassian Mrs. Cake. We're so happy to be back. Um, we've been on Weird break phrase. for a while. <laughs> like Discovery, the pod has been on break, and now we're back with a review of Episode 8 of Discovery Season 4, All In. And I didn't get who directed this, but I know it was two people. Um, we had... We had two directors. I think that's a first for Trek uh, for an episode to have. Christopher J. Byrne, who's directed quite a few episodes of Disco in Jen McGowan. And written by who? Gene Roddenberry, right? Roddenberry wrote this. <laughs> Sean Cochran. <laughs> Sean Cochran. All right. Written by Sean Cochran. Um, so today we're going to dive into that episode. Um, I don't think Grant is joining joining us today. I think he's stuck on a, uh, a karma barge somewhere. Karma barge. He's definitely um, being captured like a changeling. For sure. <laughs> How do you capture a changeling? I don't know. We'll, we'll get Apparently into it. in a bubble. Yeah. We're going to dive into this episode. But uh, first off, Mariah, can you um, tell everybody how they can... I don't know. What are we doing? I didn't write show notes. Um, you know, support the show, about- get in touch, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Kind of so stuff. you can hang out with us uh, even more often, even during these little breaks, if you join our Slack channel via our Patreon. So for just $2 an episode, which uh, will be a really good uh, deal this month because uh, we've already passed one one week, right? Maybe? Sort of? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And uh, for two bucks an episode, you can come hang out with us in Slack. There's watch-longs. I know there's a watch-long tonight. Uh, the late night crew has been watching Stargate, so we're doing some Trek-adjacent material. Uh, so you can come hang out with us in there. We're talking uh, theories. We're keeping up with Prodigy in the Slack. Uh, there's pretty much stuff you can do every night of the week with that crew in that Slack, and they're some of my favorite people. So you should come That's over and join us. a lot of fun. And it's patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. And you can also visit Star Trek pod.co to find links to all of our stuff. Clyde, remind people about the live chat since we are live on YouTube. If you are watching us live and we hope that you are, come hang out with us. And by hang out, I mean participate by typing capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat. We will take a look, maybe even respond to or read your comment. And when we get to that special time of the show, you'll know what I'm talking about when we get there. If you type capital H, capital F, capital HF, we will take a look at what you thought of this episode. So just hang out with us in the live, in the live chat. Clyde, are you talking about... Hot Freaks. Hot Freaks. This is a Star Trek podcast, so we do not have hot takes. We have Hot Freaks. We're going to give you our Hot Freaks on this episode, episode eight of season four of Disco. Any volunteers who wants to give me their Hot Freak first? I'll go because I have soup on the stove. So um, I thought this was a great welcome back episode with some... You know, we've gotten a lot of high drama and and like these a lot of stakes before. Um, this was not really like high stakes. It was more like high carrots drama. Um, I'm just bringing the jokes today. So um, I thought the tension between Book 
and Burnham was really important and and really heavy and and I was oddly enough like there wasn't a whole lot of ships involved but I was here for it and I was trying to see the nuances it's it it also had that classic Star Trek casino episode that they all have right only this was like a modern take on that casino episode where you get some playful banner and you know uh, a couple of you know side villains in there and you know, the guy who kind of knows everything but doesn't really know what's going on. Like, there's a lot going on. Um, and so I thought this was executed well. I enjoyed it. And it was a great way to kind of come back to what was going on without moving the plot too far. All right. Uh, yeah. Mariah? Yeah, I agree with you, Clyde. I thought this is a great uh, episode to come back to. It was uh, some reminders of stuff that we probably needed to uh, get caught up on after a couple of week break. But I also appreciated it as a bit of a break from the continual pushing forward. You know, I felt like we needed a moment to kind of process that book has betrayed Burnham. And so I really appreciated the moment that we got to take with them and to like feel that with them the entire time. I'm also so excited we got to see a Wushikun really kick ass um, as well as Michael. I, I It was like a super fun team up. I really enjoyed that. And, you know, it was very reminiscent of one of my favorite episodes of Voyager where um, Seven of Nine goes up against the rock <laughs> in, right. in the battlefield uh, of the ring. And so I thought this episode paid homage to a lot of our uh, favorite kind of Trek tropes with the poker game. Those cards were incredible and if they are not in the star trek store by christmas i'm gonna be very upset about it um and yeah overall i really enjoyed the episode i'm glad we got some answers to our dma questions Mm -hmm. um and i'm like ready for the back half of this season what about you mike yeah i i'm right there with you guys um and for those of you in the chat asking about clyde he went to go grab his soup so he will be back and you will be treated to lots of sloop uh, soup slurping sounds. I'm hoping he's uh, just going to keep it warm <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast. So enjoy that. Um, Discovery came back after the break with a bang, right? This was a banger. This was a lot of fun. And even though like, like Clyde said, there wasn't a lot of a, a ship or space action. There was a ton of super fun stuff in this episode. This was an incredibly entertaining episode of Star Trek. I was engaged from beginning to end um all the performances were great and and it's it's kind of strange because it was a a really fun and it felt kind of like a light episode even though that sword of damocles was hanging throughout throughout the entire thing over burnham and book's relationship and um this episode was all about characters learning where the other characters are at emotionally concerning, like what sides, what side am I going to take? And at the end book finally drew a line in the sand that he, he and Burnham are done. He's going to go all the way. And that was, that was really hard to take, but also I think it makes her some really good drama. Um, There's a ton of other stuff I loved about this one. Um, And I think Clyde's back. Hey, all right. Um, so yeah, this was this was really fun. I really want to dive into um, to a lot of stuff in it. But let me ask uh, Owen oh, and listeners, please drop in your hot freaks in the chat. We'll we'll get to those in a sec. But Clyde and Mariah, I want to ask you: 
I don't think we're seeing a villain origin story here, but you think that we're seeing books adversarial origin is that who he's going to be for a large chunk of the series from now on, because we, he really drew a line in the sand here. And if I'm watching this episode and watching what he did there at the end, as a Star Trek fan, he is completely running in the opposite direction of what Star Trek, what Starfleet, what the Federation stands for. Um, He's, he's acting against diplomacy and going against the, um, against what what the Federation tells us to do, what Star Trek tells us to do, which is not shoot first, right? Which is to reach out and explore, um, have first contact, and and try to talk and understand uh, before we act aggressively. And yeah, and you know, the more that I think about it, that's kind of what Michael did at the beginning of this series, isn't it? So they have a lot in common, which makes this breakup sting even more. But do you think he's going to be an adversary going forward? I I don't know. I feel like if I was sitting here at this, if you handed me this plot and you're like, Mariah, finish the season. (laughs) Like what I would want to happen is for book to have been right. And like the Federation to have to learn a lesson, perhaps Mm -hmm. in some way, shape or form would be like one particular route. The other way is for Tarka to betray Book in some way. So then Book has to come back, right? And uh, and and sort of be like, I now know what the plan is. Here's me trying to make good on something that ba- something bad is going to happen. I want us to to push forward and be good together, right? I was like, or it's what you're proposing, Mike, which is we have to create a giant riff for them to have to work at, to come back together next season. So I feel like those are, those are my Mariah theories. (laughs) I'm going to go like right in the middle of Mariah and then take it kind of another place. So one, I absolutely think that Tarka is going to betray book. Um, And I think that it's, it's going to bring book somewhat back there was a line in in this episode that when they said it, just like, because I think I was kind of sort of multitasking as I was watching it, but there was this line that got my full attention. And that was when Book says to, to Burnham, do you not recall that I had just stolen a trans worm and returned it to its natural habitat when you met me? And what that spoke to me was, we've tried to, in some senses, domesticate book to get him to fit into what we want him to be and what Michael has wanted him to be. But book has been book. And from the beginning, like book was, he was like, I don't know about this Starfleet thing. Right. Like he, everybody else is like, I really want to believe in Starfleet. Like I want books been like, eh, I'm not so sure. So while I don't think he'll be a villain, I wonder if what he will be is this, Star Trek, or I won't say Star Trek, this Federation adjacent character, right? So he's a friend and a romantic interest to Burnham, but he's not going to don the uniform and be a part of the bridge crew. I uh, just, yeah. I think we're, I think we're moving away from that. Well, I think it was, it was pretty clear in this episode that there's no way in hell we're going to see book anytime soon 
pledge allegiance to the Federation and wear a Starfleet uniform. Because when, I mean, just visually, when Michael and Owashikan landed on the uh, on the barge, they're going to this like seedy, like most icely type barge, and and they're wearing their really bright Starfleet uniforms. I was, I like, was very confused why they didn't change into like yeah. some of those like no we're on special mission blacks, you know, like. But but yeah. you know it 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 makes visual thematic sense, especially when Michael and Book are in a scene together, right across from each other, playing opposite from each other, and he's clad in his you know um, civilian outlaw clothing, and she's basically in a police uniform, right? Sorry, not a police uniform, you know, a Starfleet uniform. Mm-hmm. And so that that's just such a visual divide that is clearer than ever in this episode. Me- and then Book, um, towards the end, I think Michael and Book were talking about how, you know, you can't trust Tarka, you know, and at the beginning of the episode, when the president is asking Vance and Burnham, how did you not see this happen? They were both dumbfounded. It was interesting that Vance um, was was so on the side of Tarka and um, was very surprised that this would happen, even though he's like this crazy rogue uh, tech genius who you gave free reign to, like something bad's going to happen there, right? Um, and Michael was was totally confused and was even saying, you know, I think Tarka... Um, is manipulating him or something's going on. But at the end of the episode, Book addresses that and he says, that's not what's happening. This is my decision. He's not telling me what to do. He's not manipulating me. Even if he's lying to me, I have to do this. This is who I am. And this is who I am now after seeing my planet destroyed. So we're seeing still a cracked and broken and vengeful Book. Well, I, I think you're you're nailing it, Mike. I think the two things you said that that really speak to me is is one, th- we're saying grief, like like we think that so, so often in shows like this, something bad happens and the person grieves for an episode, and then we move on, and it's like they're better. And and anyone who's dealt with a loss, whether it's relational or actual or physical loss you know, or, or death, when you grieve, grief doesn't last 45 minutes. Grief doesn't last, you know, a 50 minute episode. Like it's, it's grief. And I think what we're seeing is that he's grieving and that grief can motivate you to do things. So it's actually a piece of the storytelling that I really, I I relate to and go, wow, this is actually good. Like he's not just going to get over it. His Mm -hmm. planet was destroyed. And we kind of expect them to be like, okay, on to the next mission. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that you said was talking, we talk about visual. We are used to people showing up in the CD bars and everything is dark. And to its credit, when Book and Tarka show up to the Karma bars, everything is dark, right? It's dark or dark-ish. The fact that Burnham took Owo and she's walking around in this fluorescent glow in the dark gold jacket. <laughs> okay. I mean, can you get any more polar opposite than I'm going under the radar? It'd be one thing if it was like Michael, right? In the red. Mm-hmm. The red's like, okay, it's red. But that gold, that gold jacket, with, and you got the gold on the gold on the gold, right? 
like she walk in and at first I was like, oh, people are looking, they're, they're looking shady. And then I realized, no, she's blinding them with all that gold. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it, I thought it was, it, it was, it, it definitely wasn't by accident. And you know, they're smarter than that. It was a statement of the Federation is in town. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even if we don't have jurisdiction, hello, we here. Yeah, I wanted to ask y'all about the the fight scene, um, Owo's fight scene, because when they first start, I got so I thought they were going to try to throw it a few times so that the bid could get bigger, so the odds were more stacked, but then it mm-hmm. really just but that like planning conversation didn't happen and there was no wink, no nudge. There was none of that. Like we saw with like book and they got you, didn't they Mariah. And so I was just like, what do you mean she lost this? And she's still (laughs) going back. That is stupid. What do you mean? You're not just like playing this guy and going back in for it. And then at the end, when those guys are like, you hustled us. And I was like, yeah, you should have been hustling them. You weren't hustling them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, got I think it was it was evident to me the third round that she went in that they were hustling. Um, because that's right away. There was kind of a very subtle, not a wink, not a nod, but a look between Burnham and Owasakon. And, and then Burnham right away was like, and then. Uh, okay, the odds are tripled or whatever, all in on o- Owasakon. And I was like, oh, okay, they've been, they're doing yeah. a Kobayashi Maru here. They're this, this is Paul Newman and the Hustler. Like, yeah, this is, they're 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 pool sharks. I I look, I I expected them to be a hustle from from jump. Hmm. I got nervous I when she got beat the second round. That's when I got nervous. The first round, I was like, okay, she lost. I see this. The second round, I was like, am I? Could I be wrong? in this and then when she said i want another one it's like no no i was like okay like let i gotta be right here tell me i'm right and then when she pushed she was like every all in on a washika i was like yep this is the hustle i mean i i wanted i think i just wanted more of like a, a knowing something between them because like like I know that they know and I know they have the capability to do that and to like think that many steps ahead, obviously. And I, but I think it would have just been like the fun hat trick, right. Of like the fight, the planting of the tracking device and then the poker game, right. Like that would have been the hat trick of the whole episode. And so I felt like that piece from the fight was really missing. Yeah. This, there was a lot of uh heist movie. Nope. Clyde's gone again. <laughs> There were a lot of, he'll be right back. There are a lot of like heist movie kind of tropes in this episode, but I don't think they were laid out as elegantly as an actual heist movie, Um, which was fine. There was still lots of other joys to be had. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some hot freaks in the chat. I want to bring up. So home chicky says, Oh my God, so much good stuff. Love the admiral's unofficial order and Michael in the game, and Stamets and Culver, right? Mm-hmm. What did you think about um, uh, Admiral Vance being a little political here and asking Michael to uh, to kind of kill two birds with one stone in a subtle, not-so-subtle way? I mean, I think he's covering his own butt in a way, right? Like, it's revealed to us that his code was used as the second authorization, which means he's the mm-hmm. one who put in so much extra faith into Tarka, and so he, I think... Yeah, feels responsible. Feeling- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Feeling this really deep sense of responsibility and like is wanting to make sure that what 
he thinks is going to happen doesn't happen. And he he knows the only person he can go to who's going to bend the rules <laughs> is going to be Michael. Um, so I thought that all made sense. And, and I appreciate that seeing their relationship sort of grow as like people who can count on each other in that way and him having a little bit of trust in her. Um, and then, yeah, as far as um, Stamets and Culver, I thought that scene was great. I like that we got a, a little moment with them to sort of touch on that. I did. I was like a little taken aback at how mean uh, Culver was to the robot. I don't yeah. know why. I'm oh, also man. the person who says like, please and thank you to like my series. So like when he was all like, get back to your doc. I was like, well, man, like the uprisal's <laughs> coming. You gotta, you gotta yeah. be nice to the robots. <laughs> yeah. If, if the dot was designed to look you know, just an inch more aggressive, I would definitely not talk to it that way. It'd be like, right. thank you. Thank you for cleaning my toilet. I really appreciate that. Cause I don't want to do that shit. You know, do you eat? Do you want a carrot? Come on. <laughs> but yeah, it was a little odd. Like get the fuck out of my room. Yeah. <laughs> like, very, shit. very that. I was like, Oh, that's, ooh, I don't like, I don't, I don't like angry Colbert. I would be, I would be yeah. scared of angry Colbert. So <laughs> yeah. Oh, Clyde's back. But I, I did like that. I did like that we had some scenes for other characters who were like like this scene with uh, Stamets and Colbert, who are not you know part of the main plot of this episode. Um, there were small scenes that didn't distract from the plot, but they laid some natural groundwork for what's going to go on with them emotionally throughout the rest of the season, and also paid off some things that have happened before this season because we know that. Uh, Cobra has been struggling with being not only the doctor, but being the ship's counselor. And he also feels a lot of guilt because he feels that he let book down, which led him down this dark path. So I'm glad that was acknowledged. And that was a really incredibly well-acted scene uh, with those two. What did you think about, Hey, Clyde's back. Clyde, how are you feeling about Vance these days? We're liking Vance. We're like that. He's like, Giving orders under the table. Are you with us? You're muted. Oh, you're muted, Clyde. Sorry, I was. You know, I got my soup is finally done. I didn't want to. Didn't want you guys to hear me eating the said soup. <laughs> um, I, I'm all for Vance. Um, I I think that this was an, a moment where I thought I witnessed a little bit of his vulnerability, right? Because up until now, he's largely been super admiral. Right. Like and and it's still very different from any Star Trek admiral we're used to seeing. Right. Usually the admiral is a I, I mean, I'm just going to say it. they're kind of a buffoon that we don't like and that we don't trust. And we ultimately think is wrong. in most of the decisions that we see that they're making. Right. Take the ship in there or do this. Like we're we're not that fond of the admirals but vance has largely been the guy who sees the bigger picture the mentor you know like hey i know what you're doing but this is why you need to think about other people like he's been that way and and what we saw in this episode is he got it wrong right he trusted someone he shouldn't have trusted and now rather than just go pout in the corner and and get reprimanded by the president that he looked like he came back and said, no, I'm still in this fight. I, I was for it. And so I, I, I still, I know I thought I was, look, I was one who was running around talking about Vance is sus, but now I like him. I think I, I like him. And you got to admit, 
dude is cool. Like he is just cool. Like his demeanor when he walk into a room, he's an alpha male. He yeah. walks in like he, like how do you be how are you that cool when you're getting dressed down by the president? That's all I'm saying. Like how do you still pull off cool? It's all about that when, silver when fox mane, man. I don't yes. know. I've loved him since the mummy, so like <laughs> <laughs> the mummy. Yeah, that's right. I think he's in Stargate too, isn't he, Clyde? I, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I'm, like everybody I'm, I'm almost. Yes, everybody and Star knows. Trek is in Stargate. Uh, we have another hot freak uh, from Kern. It was fun. The episode was fun, but it just didn't hit me as much as I'd like. Watching the Boba Fett finale recently spoiled me. I guess after weeks of no disco, I was hoping to know more about the Ten C aliens. Okay, that's a good point. We did get a. Uh, Kind of a tease that we're looking for the Ten C aliens. They're the the aliens that um, created the DMA, and we really now don't know what to think about them, other than they're extremely powerful. Because this, the DMA is not a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, like a farming tool or something. What is it? It's a mining tool. Yeah, mining it's essentially tool. like a like it's just scraping mm-hmm. the bottom. You know, scraping the barrel. Right, they're scraping the barrel for. Um, I forgot what the the name of the uh, uh, the property that they're looking for to power this. Bro- uh, bromine, brimine, something with a B. Yeah, bromine, something like that. Something like that. Um, to power this, uh, I don't know, this huge uh, blob that they live in. I don't know what it is. A lot of Giant questions there. Force field type thing. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of questions there. So I, I do like that they're not automatically a big a big bad. They're not they they might be just a race that or a species that is so old and so advanced, um, doesn't know or doesn't understand or doesn't comprehend mm-hmm. that they're hurting other beings in the galaxy. Right? So just a thought. We like we we still don't like a hundred percent know what happened to like the Borg, right? Like in this in this time frame, and mm. time. Like, what if this is the evolution of the Borg, right? Because like, what other civilization could have used all of this technology and gathered all this information to be this advanced, and also have absolutely no concern for other life beyond their own? If yeah, I mean, a Star Trek uh, villain or species that we've seen in the past, I don't think it's going to be that, unless it's the Borg. The Borg can, is really the only one on the table. Because, like, think about the Borg after a thousand years of assimilation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting, and I'm not trying to make this reference too often, but you say assimilation, And that word is very close to the word ascension. And I think what's interesting is that Star Trek hasn't really done a largely benevolent, like super powerful species that that it coexists, but doesn't really pay attention to what you do or or is worried about you. Right. That is something that you see Mm -hmm. repeatedly kind of in Stargate. Right. I'm curious about where this goes in the Star Trek universe, right? Because anytime we see somebody who is further along, either technologically or from an evolutionary standpoint, 
they are largely either a guest spot one one stop shop like the traveler or it's Q or it's the Borg and that always has a somewhat of a malicious tone to it right if not all in an all out villain so it's interesting that they're looking at this and saying hey their initial kind of actions weren't malicious but if we don't stop them, we're going to get there. I don't know. Everything in me says that we're traveling We're traveling down this track That's they're going to be the villain. Um, I don't want it to be, but I feel like that's where we're headed. Like, this is going to be a group that is the villain, and we could be here for a while because if they're so powerful, now we're talking about survival and not necessarily this exploration. It'll be interesting. That is, yeah, that could take us in a different direction. Uh, Kern has a fun comment. Uh, the Federation is being space fracked. Yeah. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that would be the equivalent. That's essentially <laughs> what's happening, right? They're, um, the DMA aliens are species 10C uh, boronite. They're mining boronite mm. from these uh, destroyed planets and star systems to power that. I think they called it a hyperfield surrounding hey, their system just to, I'm, I'm trying to well no okay so my i was having a thought but then i i answered my own question i know it's that type of day no i was i was thinking about the board right so you're talking about the board mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, i'm like why wouldn't they immediately ask okay so if i'm now in the future what happened to the board but i realize that discovery crew they don't know anything about the board nope like they've they they like so that we've just skipped that. I I don't know. I, I would well, they think don't have, that at some point somebody would have asked a question about him or they would have talked yeah. about him at some point. My idea is that, you know, even though they skipped out on so many, you know, decades of history, they'd know about it. They've downloaded the information or or just ask Zora, right? Wow. Zora has all this all this information. So yeah, I I mean they've never come face to face with the Borg, but I'm sure they they know about the Borg. It would be it would be kind of fun. I would not mind an actual like big bad Borg return at this point. I think that might even injects, even though there's a lot of um, momentum and life into this series, it might inject something really fun, some some new life into it. Where are the Klingons? We Do still, we yeah. That? I don't know yeah. if we've gotten a lot of updates on the Klingons, but. Um, I was trying to see if I could find anything about the use cases of, of bor- borite, but uh, so far I just keep getting things about how it apparently helps repel negative energies. But I'm like, no, not that kind of uses. Like, I don't need hippy dippy usages. I want scientific <laughs> usages. Um, but I, I can't seem to find it. But it is a like yeah. When so- you when you buy a new house, you burn it to get all the all <laughs> the bad spirits the- out all the bad stuff out. Um, but it is like a sulfide um, uh, compound, but I don't, I don't know if that means anything to anyone else, but that's the most scientific thing I can find about it at this moment. Um, but I did see something interesting on uh, the ready room that Will Wheaton brought up. And in, in, uh, on my second watch of the episode, I could see where he was coming from in that the like use of this particular weapon that uh, Tarka wants to use is also like a similar conversation to like the usage of nuclear weapons, right? It's like, just because we do have this power, should we use this power and, Mm -hmm. and, and should we instead steer clear of that, which I thought was like an interesting take. And, and I know that 
Star Trek likes to sort of pepper in some of these political conversations. And so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that was, was brought up as they were sort of discussing these things, but yeah. Star Trek with this episode and with this, um, this plot with the DMA and, and the scraping of the galaxy for this, this, you know, substance and it hurting so many people is continuing the Star Trek tradition of telling us environmentally, um, uh, pro-environmental stories, right? Stories about how um, corporations or anything uh, should not be ruining our environment. Yeah, and it's it, you know I love the discovery, and there were a lot of references to in this episode. Discovery is keeping up not only with dropping references to old Star Trek, like we saw, say with the the changeling turning into a. a a tribble and getting away in this episode, which made me laugh out loud, but, um, but also just keeping the, those, um, th- that spirit alive, the tradition of telling stories that are not only socially conscious, but in, in, uh, environmentally conscious. I, I do wonder, I saw like a, a headline of an article and then I read it and the argument wasn't really there, but perhaps we can make a better argument, which was, mm. is the, um, the, changeling a red herring or is the dominion back <laughs> you, know, you know it crossed my mind it, mine too i was you know before i talked about you know where the klingons i was thinking about what happened to all these old old villains and the, the dominion was one of them and i was thinking hmm right there, there's so much of a for me the first thing i would have done is said hold up it, it's like going back and going i've i've fast forward in time who won the last 10 Super Bowls, right? Like, I'd want to know what happened, right? You know, and I would go through kind of history and say, where are we with, with these villains? Like, this was huge. Um, and I wonder, I wonder, if, I wonder if it was just a diversion tactic, but we did have that one scene a few episodes ago where Vance pretty much lays out all our fan theories. And it's like, it's not the Borg. It's not, uh, you know, Q. those <laughs> Q. It's not those other aliens that are only in the video game that everybody always thinks it is. <laughs> it's not any of these things. It's something new. So mm-hmm. uh, when I saw that a few episodes ago, it's like, okay, I'll take that at face value. We're going to see something new created for Disco. But I don't know. Maybe that's just bullshit to throw us off the trail, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the changeling, that felt very specific. And I also, I got to say, I love the fact that the changeling was a woman of color. Like, I Mm. thought that was fascinating. Um, It just, you know, it it, it also, that just whole, I really kind of dug the karma barge. Right. Oh, yeah. It, it just it felt like I was I was taking a peek into somewhere that maybe I wasn't usually privy to see. And Haj, what was his name? Haz. 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 Oh, so good. He made me laugh because he kept dropping these crazy like sayings and, and things that are like that makes no sense. But it doesn't make any sense because I'm the outsider. Yeah, right. I've been trying to figure out what species he is to no avail. So if anyone else has figured it out, I've scoured the internet and Twitter and couldn't find anyone sort of giving an answer or a thought. Great, um, great design. I think it's a new species, but this, the design was really cool. And I, I like seeing the Ferengi in there, too. I think they mm-hmm. look pretty cool on mm-hmm. Disco. The, you know, they look they look a little edgier. 
I guess. Yeah. Uh, all the aliens we got in this episode were great. I really like, enjoyed the the production design around the casino, like you were saying, Clyde, because like um, it was apparently the set that was the space station from early on in the season that gets destroyed. And so they redid that whole set to become uh, the the casino. But from the outside, I thought even the outside, like the special effects that they used in the digital paintings and stuff with that sea creature as you're coming in, like that was so cool. And I'm like, give me the roller coaster version of this, please. And then um, it, it almost reminded me of like um, those, like a steamboat casino. Like if you ever go to like uh, New Orleans or anything like that, nice. and there's, there's those big old uh, like paddle boats that have casinos on them. I was like, oh, this is the future version of that. Yes. Like an old boat. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Mike, I had a question for you because you are our resident DS9. That's kind of your your wheelhouse. What what makes you say that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's a guess, a hunch. I could be mm. wrong. I'm not. Um, Cardassians. Do they like cake? Like, I have are they no really idea. into cake? I, I don't remember I, I that. Was thinking, I was thinking, is this a DS9 reference where you know Goldacott is running around talking about I like this cake or something I think, like that? Like I just didn't know. I think Homeboy was just throwing out a bunch of non sequiturs. <laughs> he also said, like, you guys are crazy, like Klingons in a disco. I was like, What? Like, I, what is he talking I, about? I really need to know how much of that was scripted and how much of that was like ad libbed, right? Mm. And and was it? I mean, just they like, felt so trekky in spe- specificity. Like, yeah. I'm sure it was just like a round robin in the writers' room of like, let's of come up with like a bunch of really silly phrases, and maybe let's, they gave them all of them. You know, let's make the fucking nerds scour the internet for these phrases to try and find the references that don't exist. Let's do that. That's what it yeah. was in the writers' room for sure. <laughs> Um, no, I, I know the Cardassians love their canar, but I don't know about cake. So, oh, um, Chupi does remind us. And I did think about this cake is a disco thing. We do get a lot of loving cake references and discovery, don't we? It's Cause cake is eternal. Cake is eternal for sure. I mean, listen, I'm a fan of cake. However you define cake or whatever you mean by cake. I'm a fan of cake. All it's right, the band. <laughs> Short I mean, skirt, I love long it. jacket. <laughs> right. Whatever cake is, I like cake. Okay, so all right, so with this episode, okay, so we really should probably talk a little more about Book and Michael, right? I know before we we took a break, and before Dis- Disco took a break, we did have a conversation on this podcast about how it looked like they're these two characters are on the trajectory to breaking up. But, and today book did sever that line, right? He threw it in a trash to go forward with his revenge plot, whatever he's doing. How long are they going to stay broken up? And is this good for the show? I think it's good for the show. When Michael's in pain, the show is pretty interesting and good. Not to say that I I don't feel for the character and want to see her happy, but having having an adversary be somebody that we actually like and can actually feel empathy for, like Book, it just makes the stakes feel higher, makes me feel more engaged in what's going on. So I think this is good for the show, and I hope it continues into the next season where Book is on the other side. I don't know. I was like, I thought we were going to get a whole Michael and Stamets having to work out their problems throughout Mm. this entire season after that trail last season. Mm -hmm. And we didn't quite get that. So 
I don't know if there is into creating such huge rifts between characters that we all love, right? Because then it's going to be, you know, I don't need a, a, a team book versus a team Burnham situation, you know, because I do see both of their sides. And I think they were really um, clear in saying that both sides of this argument are valid. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's what Awoshakun and and Tarka were sort of getting into there. That's what's so compelling about it. Yeah. And and so I don't know if they're going to become adversaries, but I do think they are the two characters that are going to make us see uh, solutions to problems in different ways. But I'm hoping they eventually get to come back team Burnham. <laughs> it's not really a question. Yeah. You don't so, want to do that. That's that's not a decision. That's not a, a hard decision. But Mike, to your to, to really answer your question, I, I don't think they're getting back together. And the reason why, and I don't think, and I so I, I say that, but I also agree with 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 Mariah, and that I don't think it's going to be that dramatic because we haven't seen that before. But to me, Star Trek has always had this very heavy mantle that the captain has to ha- had to wear. Right, this leadership mantle that, for whatever reason, the ethos has been—it's so heavy, it's so important that you almost have to handle this in isolation. And we've never really seen a Star Trek captain actually in a healthy relationship, right? And so, when you like, I'm going through the list of them, and I can't find one, right? Archer and the dog, maybe. It's close as she got, right? Mm-hmm. And so, we see a lot of bromances. We see some strong friendships, but we don't see this romantic, healthy relationship. And I kind of thought we were going to get that with with Book and Burnham, but I don't think that. And I think, and I, I, I don't even know that I want to. I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm working through this because it does seem as though she has struggled a little bit because he's not somebody who she's in a relationship with who's sits back in the cabin or is doing some is working in a science lab somewhere. He is often put right in the middle of what's going on. And I think from the minute that we saw the prison planet, what we saw was this is someone who now your decisions, he's starting to question your decisions. He's questioning you. So he's not, he's not just, he, he is your significant other. He's also a subordinate. He's also like, I think it's starting to get to be almost too difficult. And so I ultimately think they're going to keep them separated. I think so too. And this episode had a great title, All In. I think a number of the characters said that phrase throughout the the episode. But the, the, the big punch of this episode was that Burnham, when the episode started out, didn't know exactly to what extent book was committed to this rogue mission until the end, you know, and he was completely all in on the other side of the table. And I kind of like him there. Um, It puts Michael in a very difficult and vulnerable place going forward, which I think is just storytelling wise fascinating. Also, I love these two characters and I like seeing them happy together. And they're my friends who I watch every week on TV and I want them to be happy. So it's also breaking my heart, but that's just great storytelling, right? It's making me feel conflicted. I think this is good. (laughs) Choopy says, no, (laughs) you're all wrong. And she runs away screaming. 
Yeah, I think they're they're just going to have to. I mean, there's that you know cl- the cliche of opposites attract, right? And these are definitely our opposites in some ways, but I feel like they are very similar in other ways. I think they're yeah. both fairly rebellious folks. I think they both genuinely want to be on the side of like the right thing, right? Because even though Book does say, "You met me after I had stolen a trans worm uh, and smuggled a ship," you know, like all of these things. But in the end, it was to save an endangered worm, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like there are these traits, you know, they, they, I think they both have the same goals, but they're both so into taking different paths to get there. And they're both a little hard headed and not being able to see that the other one might have the path of lesser resistance to get there well, in some right. cases. To your point, what's fascinating to me that I just can't quite wrap my head around, and I, I think is just brilliant, is we're looking at Book like he's completely just wrong. But here's the thing. He's essentially saying, I hear what you're saying, but the best thing for everyone is to attack this enemy before they can attack us. And for you know, correct me if I'm mistaken, but isn't that exactly what we saw Burnham do in the pilot? Mm-hmm. Is this right? Yeah, said, I mentioned that I earlier. To, yeah, I need to attack this the villain before they mm-hmm. attack us. It, it it's fascinating to me. So I do think, yeah, which, they're an interesting couple. Which they're, I they're think they're very they're so alike. They really are. Yeah, and and he brought that up to her, uh, like uh, I think last episode of "Aren't You the Girl Who Shot Down the Klingons?" You know, and. And she essentially was like, but it's because I knew the culture of the Klingons and we don't know anything like know thy enemy, right? Is her Mm -hmm. sort of argument. And, and so again, yeah, it's like they both have valid points. So it's so hard to like be on one side or the other in this particular situation. Yeah. Oh, glow worm. And right. miss you if you go bad. Uh, WYSIWYG has a good point. Book got to come back for grudge. So the door is still open. Very true. Okay. That is a, that's a great point. Um, There's so many threads that I feel like they, they purposely have like opened the door and then just left us with grudge. There's grudge, but then I, I also am uh, this episode in particular. I mean, I loved seeing Michael and, and a Washakun out on this. uh, Oh, wow. (laughs) Which I loved. Um, Oh, wow. wow. Um, Together. But I did. I, I also miss Tilly. In a in yeah. in a lot of ways, because I feel like there's that um, I don't know. I just feel like she'd have good advice in this situation. I need some Tilly wisdom. Well, we didn't get a lot of we didn't get a lot of anyone from yeah. anyone else. So and and look, those names, Glowworm and right. What hook. is that? Is just those. I don't know. In, in terms of of nicknames, those are kind of terrible. <laughs> I liked them. They were cute. I couldn't um, imagine letting anybody call me Glowworm if I if I'm book, right? I I, I would suspect Tilly's gonna at least show up on the on the view screen with Burnham to ch- chat about this next week. I mean, that's her best friend. She just lost her man. We got to see some Tilly, right? Hopefully, and I do miss Tilly. Um, I also miss uh, the kids. You know the um, gray and gray and, and Adira. Mm-hmm. I, I do miss them. I hope we see them again. Um, I miss hey, have you guys Saru, seen those out? That's hard for me to say, actually. But what's I miss, that? Saru, I miss. Oh, I miss Saru in this episode. 
I, you know, there was one scene where Saru uh, took a minute uh, to stop everything, the, the forward momentum of the episode to say, Burnham, I just want you to say, we all got your back and we all care about you and support you. And she was like, cool, thanks. I like that. I like when Star Trek just takes a minute to be like, hey, you need to hear this right now. We're here for you. We love you. It's good stuff. That's what that's what I want in my life. Why don't you guys support me more? That's what I'm saying. Hey, wait, can, we, can we just take a moment? I mean, I have something I need to say. It's important. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mike, mm-hmm. I just want you to know that we um, we support you, man. We have your oh. back. We're here Thank for you. you. I feel so good. Okay. I feel seen. Moment over. Done. Moving on. Solve the DMA now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you guys see those Out Magazine covers? Those are dope. Ugh. I, I need prints. I need HD resolution, like posters of those yeah. images. They were incredible. <laughs> they were good. If you guys haven't seen those, look for them. Um, all the queer actors in Star Trek are on the cover of Out this month. Go get it. It's awesome. It's all just oh. digital covers, which is what stinks the most. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, they're not oh, okay. mag, like not the hard copy. It's the oh, gotcha. digital covers, but they all look really good. Yeah, they look amazing. Okay, guys, I think um, this was a great episode. You have anything else to say about this one? I mean, I just like again, like shouts to production design and, and creature design and costume and wardrobe, like the amount of work that went into to that poker scene. I also um, I I wanted to just point out, and if if other folks are interested, I would definitely recommend the Ready Room episode for this episode in particular because they talk about how they uh, mapped out the poker game which i thought was really cool so they essentially reverse engineered the game from who they wanted to win each hand and then had different decks for everything and like went into extreme detail which i appreciated because i feel like when we've done uh, rewatches of some of the classic uh TNG episodes inevitably I see there's a problem in the way that they're playing the poker <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate that they like went way above and beyond um to make sure it was as accurate as possible and like yeah they apparently had like consultations with poker players and 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 all these folks coming in to make sure it was accurate which I I I love those like really nerdy little details and I can tell everyone who worked on that particular scene and all of those set pieces were also into all of the nerdy little details. So I loved it. Yeah. I would say I'm just happy. Like Star Trek discoveries back. Like, don't get me wrong. Prodigy is great. I'm excited for um, kind of all the new Trek that's coming. We've seen a bunch of stuff, you know, there's Picard stuff coming, but Disco for me is home right now and it's just nice to have it back to see the characters that we've we've kind of grown to love a bit and 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 it was just nice like when I realized what the day was and I was like oh I have Disco like that was exciting like there's a lot of TV out so to to be excited that something's out sometimes feels rare, but I was excited today. And so did it move the plot very far? Not necessarily, but it was really nice to to be back. And I'm even more excited about next week and the week after. So I, I like this and I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yep. I, 
Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I, I'm looking forward to when it's all out because I really want to watch this whole season like back to back because I really feel like I saw some reviews that were just like, Disco's back with a meh. And I was like, I don't think it's a meh. I think if you came in right hot off of that last episode, you needed this episode as a breather. And so I can see the progression of the episodes, but I do think the weeks off was a bit of a like it made it feel herky jerky, I think, because yeah, you, I didn't need the break. Just, yeah. I didn't need the break. I, I, I agree. It, it hurt me. Mariah, you are so spot on because I, I don't like it when I have to have the, I have to watch the recap. Right. And I felt like I had to watch the recap. Mm-hmm. And to your point, not only did I have to watch the recap, there was a lot of energy in that last scene that I felt like just got wasted. Right. And yeah, I, I, you, man, not, I'm with you. I can't wait that it's all over. I'm going to go back and watch. You, you've inspired. I me. think it's going to be like a really solid binge all the way through. Yeah. I, this episode was, like I said at the beginning, like really incredibly entertaining. I thought it had a lot of energy and it really pulled me in because I love these characters and I love seeing them go through such conflict. And I finally and am a lot more intrigued by the DMA. Um, by the aliens that are controlling it and why. And I finally am invested in solving that mystery. I really wasn't before. And now I am with what we learned about them in this episode. So all in all, man, this this was a big positive for me. Um, before we go, Mariah, do you want to let everybody know about the uh, podcast festival that we're going to be involved in? Yeah, so we are participating in Picard Week that uh, our friends over at Strange New Pod are putting together. So uh, we have some fun topics we're going to be discussing specifically around Picard. Uh, So keep an eye out on um, uh, Strange New Pod's uh, social media channels, and they'll have full schedule details of when you can tune in for these different conversations. But yeah, I'm really excited. We, We love being a part of the larger Star Trek community. And I think it's always nice when we get to do these fun little kind of crossover, you know, stream sharing different options so that everyone can kind of get to learn uh, about new, um, new folks talking about Trek, old folks talking about Trek, um, and we get to be a part of the larger community. So I'm excited for that. And remember to support the pod at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. There's a, a good back catalog of, uh, Patreon only episodes where we talk about old Trek. There's lots of talk about a lot of Voyager and hopefully we'll be doing some more of those going forward. Mm-hmm. And um, we also have a great Slack group. You can be a part of Star Trek fan Slack group, go to patreon.com slash Star Trek pod for that. And Clyde, there's a, there's a, a Slack watch party going on tonight, right? But it's not Trek. It's uh, Stargate, right? Yes. I mean, so look, the the watch-alongs are a lot of fun. And basically, if you're not sure what a watch-along is, we all gather around. We pick every night tends to be a little bit different. And sometimes they're just pop-ups. Someone will be like, hey, does anybody want to watch this? And, you know, sometimes you're like, hey, I'm, I'm, I've been checking out this, so I'm going to do it. And you all go to the same place. You queue it up. And then you do a countdown and you all start watching it together. Tonight, we do a late night Star Trek, kind of on Thursdays, we do a a late night watch along on something that's Star Trek adjacent. And so tonight we're watching 
Stargate SG one, um, kind of the broker divide is what we're, we're what we're going to be watching tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's for you West Coast late night people who just kind of want to sit around and watch something fun and talk about, you know, what you're watching. Oh, I was also going to plug, uh, too, in the Patreon, uh, myself, uh, Giraffe, and Brittany, who are also from uh, Strange New Pod, have been reviewing the Disco comic books, which has been really fun. So uh, we're actually scheduled to tape another episode this weekend, So, uh, and we have one up already for our patrons uh, for both podcasts. So if you are a patron of ours or a patron of theirs, you should be getting some bonus content soon. And that's patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up. We'll be back next Thursday for a review of the next disco episode. We are going to cover Picard in some form or fashion. I know um, it's going to overlap with disco a little bit. So we'll figure that out. Maybe just one week. Keep an eye on our social media to just figure out when we're going to be live and how we're going to be covering all the shows that are coming um, at Star Trek pod on Twitter and on Insta and find us at Star Trek pod.co and subscribe to the pod. If you haven't tell your friends, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would really appreciate it. And I think that is all we got live long and prosper. Bye. Later. <laughs>